Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. Welcome back to the Do Divorce Right podcast. Today, I will be talking to a very beautiful human, the Director of Communications at a nonprofit organization who has had, in her own words, the most chill divorce. And Kristen's here to share with us what has made it a chill divorce and how much she thinks everybody should have one because it's just so much better than the alternative. Kristen, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to hear about the chill divorce. Now, you have you mentioned to me that you were married for more than 20 years and that you're mm-hmm. even now in a, like a WhatsApp group. You invite each other. You get both get invited to social um, yep. outings together. Your children will go off to his house with a plate of food from your house. So it sounds like mm-hmm. you've really cracked positive divorce. I really want to hear all about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, we were married for more than 20 years. And um, I this is my first marriage and his second. And uh, I went into it saying I would never get a divorce. I will never divorce. Uh, didn't believe in it. But I think that when our marriage started coming to a kind of a natural end, it became apparent to me that we probably were not going to continue on the same path together. We just kind of grown apart over the years and were sort of pursuing different kinds of lives. And I started thinking to myself what I wanted my future to look like. And I knew that I did not want to be angry. And I, yeah. I that my friends in my forties, my friends all started divorcing and I just was surrounded by all this anger and negativity and bitterness and i didn't want to go there because in my 40s that, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i wanted a better future for myself than that and uh so i think i designed it and it's been pretty successful and how old were you when your marriage fell apart or when you i don't know who chose to leave so maybe you could tell us that but around what age were you then <laughs> Um, I think I was about, was, now I'm, I'm old, about 47, 48. <laughs> and then we were separated for a long time and didn't fully end up divorced because of COVID. Uh, we weren't right. able to get to court to analyze it, but we lived apart for a long time before we were fully divorced. Okay. What do you want us to know about the marriage leading up to the, the the chill divorce that you had <laughs> um I honestly think it was probably like a lot of marriages I married a very good man he's very sweet and uh and I still adore him I think he's a great human being we sometimes we fought mostly we didn't um we went through some 
a number of very stressful things together and uh, adopted a couple of children and raised them yeah. together. It was a good marriage, I think. Right. Um, people used to tell us all the time that we were their goals couple because one of the things that we were always careful of is that we didn't fight in public and we didn't air our dirty laundry in public. I didn't, if I had a problem with my husband, I didn't go and tell people about it. Um, I would talk to him about it, but I kind of kept things very quiet. So when we split, a lot of people were very, very surprised. I suspect you're still a lot of people's goal couple. <laughs> You know, now you're just in a in a very different way. I want what you've got, not the marriage, but the the divorce, and you know, a great relationship with your ex. Um, let's talk about the fact that people were surprised when you separated, and the pressure I imagine that that put on you to be almost performative. You know, to to tell people the story that they needed to hear to get over their shock. Did you play into that, or how did you manage? other people's expectations of what you were going through. So I think one of the pressures of my marriage was that there was a lot of external pressure on being like couple goals. Mm. And, and I used to feel that a lot because sometimes I wasn't feeling it, which I think anyone who is married understands that sometimes you are not feeling it in a 20 year marriage. And, sure. but there was still always that, a lot of pressure. And I think one of the things in my divorce that was really good was, as I started thinking about how to design this experience that would be really good for both of us, not just for me, is I was thinking about how I spent 20 years being part of a we, and that that we was sort of set up a little bit on a pedestal by people that we knew. And I wanted to stop performing. I just didn't yeah. want that level of pressure. So one of the things that I said going forward was I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep thinking about what other people were thinking. Because if I went down that path where, you know, when people are telling you how divorce is supposed to be, I didn't want to be on that path of people telling me how I was supposed to live in the future, what I was supposed to do in my divorce. I just didn't want to listen to anyone at all. I, I just thought this is maybe the moment where I'm just going to listen to my own voice, not feel pressure from other people and figure it out, figure out what would be really good for me and really good for my then husband as well, because I didn't want him to experience any more pain than he had to. Divorce is painful, even if it's... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's the choice of both of you. Oh, Kristen, okay. I had to live up to anyone's expectations. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear that you chose not to listen to other people's ideas of what divorce should be for you. Did you have any positive role models in that space? Did you have an idea of, I've seen it done before, or whether that was in your own social circle or in a broader sense? Absolutely none. I had a lot of the opposite. I had a lot of examples of people angry. And when I started exploring divorce, I'm the one that asked for it. I'm the one that called it, I think. Okay. We both kind of knew it. Um, I started meeting with divorce lawyers because I, I didn't know how to get divorced. 
I've never really done anything that requires a lawyer, particularly. I just don't know how that would work. And the thing that really struck me, I met three lawyers in a row and they were more, they they just had this, this cutthroat attitude about divorce. And they all told me, oh, he's probably hiding money. And then um, we're going to get as much as we can for you. And at one point, one of them, the last person that I met, I didn't hire any of them. She was reviewing our finances because they asked you to bring that in. And we owned two cars as a couple, but they both were in my name. And I can't remember why. So technically, the car titles were both mine. I guess I owned both cars and we each drove one. And she kept hammering home to me that I was going to get both cars. I would get both the cars. He wouldn't have a car. And I thought, first of all, these are not nice cars. Yeah. <laughs> these are middle class, lots of miles. No one wants these cars. They That's have not no a value. win. Thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for that mid-level sedan that's seven years old. Like, I just don't <laughs> think that's a win. And after I met with her, I just thought, this is not for me. I do not want someone in my ear telling me that he's trying to hurt me. I don't want someone telling me things that I know are not true. I did our finances in our marriage. I knew he wasn't hiding money. I knew he didn't have a girlfriend on the side. Like I knew that that wasn't my experience. So I, so that is kind of why we ended up separated, but not divorced for a few years, because I had a hard time finding a divorce lawyer that understood the vision that I had for this. Like, I just did not want to be angry my whole life. How long ago? And they really wanted to set us up to fight. Yeah. How long ago were you meeting with these lawyers? Uh, this was probably seven years ago. Okay. I hope, like, I'm very optimistic that that would not be everybody's experience now. There are certainly the bulldogs. There are certainly aggressive lawyers. I um, I seem to attract great divorce lawyers, right? Those that have got these good <laughs> values who intend to keep people out of court. So if anyone's looking for recommendations, I have a little black book of, of, of divorce lawyers who have that positive vision. And I will mm -hmm. be adding to it all the time, you know, across different countries. Um, and I think that's one of the, the really key, I'm kind of writing down your experience and and what we can create as key takeaways. And that is definitely a key takeaway, which is get good advice. You know, find somebody who shares your yeah. values, who buys into your vision, because you do not need that negative voice in your ear saying, fight, fight, fight. Ugh. Yeah. And I did find a good lawyer when we finalized everything. She was wonderful. She understood right. what we were going for. And she was so... Uh, just very understanding that we didn't want to fight, that we didn't want to argue, that I didn't want someone to argue for me. Yeah. She was really, really instrumental in making this a very positive process, which I appreciated so much. That's so great. Yeah, everybody loses in a fight. We don't need to fight. We need to communicate. Exactly. Yeah. Tell me about exactly. that then, because you said it was your decision in the end. You're the one that decided to call it. Did it take long for your ex-husband to get on board that this could be a positive choice for the both of you or for your family? Because you've got a children as well. <laughs> yeah, we um, we had talked. I think we kind of knew the last year of our marriage that it was not, it just didn't seem to be able to to pull it together to to save it and 
I, I just think sometimes these relationships, it just kind of ran out of steam. I don't think that we did anything wrong, particularly, I think just didn't, we just didn't make it to a mythical finish line somewhere. And it felt kinder to just end it. I well, really genuinely want him to be happy. I, that's yeah. all I want for him, for him to be, have a really happy life and for myself too. And so when I finally called it, I guess we had a very long conversation about how, even though we were divorcing, we would still be family. We have children together. We will always be in each other's lives. Um, he is my emergency contact and I am his. I don't have family in the United States. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm old, so I don't have a ton of family at this point. Um, and that we would look out for each other in the process, that we would find a way to make it as painless as possible for both of us and for our children. That was our real, that was my real concern was that I didn't want to make this hard for my children. Um, they are adopted, so they've already experienced trauma and loss of parents. And yeah. I just did not want to add to that for them at all. Incredible. Now, you've mentioned twice about your age. And can I just say we look exactly the same age. So if you keep calling yourself old, I'm going to get angry with you. <laughs> okay, um, well, I'm just, a <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> so tell me, um, your, your ex-husband, it took a while for you to create the shared vision together, right? To decide that you you want to make sure that this is true, um, that it's going to be a positive experience, that you have a commitment to the, the shared values of your new family set up. Um, can mm -hmm. I ask you a little bit about the finances and whether that was a challenge to set up two new homes? It's It's such a loss right when you've got one 100 and you have to split into two nobody actually wins nobody ends up better <laughs> better off so what how hard was that for you to navigate as a family and as a couple um it was it's a little awkward at times definitely um but it was easier than i thought it would have been uh it could have been a lot more challenging and i think it was because we in that conversation that sort of ended or was the end of our marriage, we talked a lot about how we didn't, we didn't want to hurt each other at all. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we decided to do, um, I should say that my ex-husband, his parents divorced in the 60s, and it was very ugly, and he suffered a lot, I think, as a child because of it. And we he definitely did not want his own children to experience that at all. Um, like I said, he's a good guy, and he's a very good father. So what we decided to do, we owned a, a marital home together, is we decided that we would sell it, and we would buy what in Chicago is called a two-flat. It's basically an apartment building with only two apartments, one on the first floor, one on the second floor. And we bought one of those. And I live on the first floor. He lives you on the second floor. Not. That's incredible. And we co-own the building. Yeah. Um, so we still have property in common. And uh, if I die, my half goes to him. And if he dies, his half goes to me. <laughs> That's incredible. And everything that did we thought about our kids um because we became parents a little later in life than most people in our 40s and for my ex-husband in his 50s everything was about how can we keep our assets 
in a way that will leave as much as possible to our children. Yeah. So even this building is, is an investment in a lot of ways um, because it will go to the kids when we are gone. And, um, and with everything that we did uh, for the first two years that we were separated, we actually still had a shared checking account that bills got paid out of um, because we just hadn't figured out how to divide it up yet. <laughs> That's incredible. So a I lot of building out of that. But we also agreed, like, I, I don't think that we should be married anymore. Um, but I would never willingly or knowingly do anything to hurt him, including financially. And I knew I married a good man, so I divorced a good man, is what I kept telling myself. And I knew that he would not put me in financial harm. I knew I wouldn't wake up one day and he would have emptied out the bank account. He knew the same. Yeah. Both, it's hard. You have to trust someone that you no longer want to be married to. That is not an easy place to get to. But we both did the work to kind of get there. And it, it worked. Um, I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, it worked for us, I think. And when you have to trust someone as you're divorcing them because you are still financially tied to them, I think that also kind of helped us recognize that we were maybe more just shifting this relationship somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So now I think we're friends. I I had to go to the emergency room a few months ago. He drove me. Um, I just sent him up dinner tonight, actually, because one of my kids wanted to eat dinner with their dad. So I'm like, take some plates, head upstairs, have a good time. And that part has been really helpful too, I think. I'd like to ask you about managing triggers and pain because you've mentioned yourself, you freely admit that divorce is painful. It's not easy. No one no one gets through this like with the gold medal, like we did it without any pain. <laughs> it, it, it's hard. Like we, we all have to grieve what we're letting go of. We have to redefine what family means. We have to rediscover ourselves and rebuild a life that is completely different to the one that we expected to be living. First of all, I want to say, you don't have a failed marriage. You have a, you have had a very successful marriage. Two decades is an incredible marriage. Especially, yeah. I think we don't give enough credit to, you know, divorce doesn't mean failure. Divorce means a new chapter. That marriage was super mm -hmm. successful, and it sounds like your divorce is very successful too. Um, so help me understand when when you were feeling that there was pain for the both of you, what strategies did you have in place um how did you minimize triggers when the other person might be doing or saying something that felt hurtful um unintentionally by the sound of it what what did you do to yeah soothe yourself or to allow yourself to get through that um well i cried <laughs> of that course fair yeah I think, yeah i think everyone does um i remember the first couple of months were just awful because we split the kids time and so they wouldn't be with me all the time and that was devastating oh, for me yeah even though they were upstairs even though I could call them and have them come hug me good night it still felt very devastating to me for so sure. definitely I cried but the thing that I kept coming back to was 
I, I thought very long and hard about what I wanted the finish line of this divorce to look like. And every time I would find myself being angry or wanting to lash out, like I am not a Zen chill person who's got it all together. Like I have said mean things to people, lashed out, been passive aggressive. I am, I am not perfect. But every time I would feel that impulse, I would remind myself that I am trying to hurt someone because I am hurting. And I'm not going to hurt less if I hurt someone else. It's not going to make me feel better. And the other thing I thought about is when I realized that we were going to divorce, I thought I need to pick what I want and work backward from it. And I came up with a scenario in my head of where I wanted us to end up. And I would work backward. And so every time I would have an impulse to say something mean or to argue or to fight, I would remind myself, this is not the path that gets me where I want to be. This is maybe a short-term feeling of feeling good for being mean to someone, but it's not going to get me where I want. And just the discipline of that was very, very helpful. Not that I'm perfect. I have lashed out a few times. So is he. We are not perfect at this. Yeah. But we're doing our best. Are you sure. quick to um are you quick to forgive then? Yourself and him? Oh, I'm sorry. I was asking if you're if you're quick to forgive yourself and and to forgive your ex husband when, when there is something said that's hurtful. Um, I try to be, not always, but I try to be. But I also yeah. think about it in terms of like, why am I really angry at this person? Or can I understand why they might be angry at me? Mm -hmm. um, and, and in there, it's pretty easy to find forgiveness. And also, again, because I had this vision of what I wanted, I think that what um, what really helped in my divorce when I was talking to my husband about it was I said, this is the future I want a few years from now or a decade from now, whatever. I want it to be a holiday like Thanksgiving. Um, I want to be cooking maybe with a new partner. And I want you to come over with your new partner and we'll all have dinner and she'll bring her special holiday dish that she always serves. And she'll probably have adult children who have to hop between houses and they'll come and have pie at the end of dinner and we'll all be friends and we'll just be a big weird family <laughs> and that's what i wanted and that's what every time i would think i'm mad or i want to lash out i would think that's not going to get me to like christmas morning with a bunch of people dropping in and my ex and his great new girlfriend and enjoying her company while we you know make everyone else do the dishes or just i just kept thinking about that's what i wanted and that was super helpful to yeah. have an end goal, I think, to sort of visualize it and focus on it and think about what the path is there. Because I knew from my friends the path that wouldn't get me there. Yeah, that's I, the key I, to the work that I do. It I, Absolutely key. You need to be able to set a goal that is motivating and exciting and desirable for you. You need to be able to vision a future that is what you want and and honestly it's it's more often than not exactly what you described because we want our children to feel at peace we want to be able to have a relationship with their 
co-parent, the person you're raising them with, in order to be able to enjoy their weddings and these special occasions together and their birthdays. Tell me, Kristen, do you or your ex-husband, have either, are either of you in another partnership now? Are you in other relationships? I was. I was in a relationship for about three and a half years, which ended. So we okay. did actually do that. My partner, my then partner, and I hosted my ex-husband and my kids um, for Christmas, I think, one year. We did a Christmas at his house, which was Beautiful. really fun. And did that surface any pain or any work that you needed to do with your ex-husband to be able to um navigate that to get to the vision i think that we had done we have been doing the work or we had done the work to get there sort of incrementally over the years so by the time it came to pass i think he was happy for me okay. i was happy and he was happy for me and that was really nice to see and i think it was nice for my kids too to see there was nothing contentious or weird about this Beautiful or that it was okay for them to really like my new partner and also love their dad. It's not a competition. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I love all of that. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of a summary of some of the key points that we've discussed, and then we can figure out if there's anything that I've missed here. Um, so I've got a couple of key takeaways. You were not worried about what other people thought. Um, so you, you were able to put that away and, and, and it wasn't your problem, right? Other people's expectations of your marriage, expectations of ugly divorce and ex-husbands are narcissists. They're horrible. They're going to take everything <laughs> away from you. Nope, not going to be your experience. I love that. Um, you had a genuine interest in the other person's happiness, which I think is so beautiful. Actually caring. You've married a good person You've had a successful marriage together and you're evolving that relationship now. So it's quite okay to still care and be interested in their genuine ha happiness. As part of that, you made a commitment to try and not inflict any hurt on each other, which I think is beautiful. It's We're going to hurt people unintentionally. We hurt ourselves unintentionally. But with the desire to try not to, we are likely to minimise that damage. You articulated that you did not want an angry divorce. And in fact, you created a, a vision, a future that you wanted. And you were able to remind yourself of that goal when anything came up um, that was going to divert your plan to get there. Um, another piece here was to get good advice. Make sure you find a lawyer who shares your values and your vision, right? Um, you made a commitment to this new family shared vision. I guess there's a little bit of overlap here about what your goal was. But I also love that you were working, as far as I can tell, with your ex-husband and with your children to create what this vision would be and to decide how it's going to play out. Um, you co-own a building together, which I think is just genius. If you can get to a point where you're emotionally in resilient enough and healed enough to not um not be concerned about that kind of proximity how fabulous is that and then well the kind of final piece on my notes here is that you you've really worked on trust and trusting that the other person has your best interest in in mind as well and i think that's probably where the hard work has been spent would you agree with me on that absolutely yes but yeah. it's worth it. It's very worth it. What strategies or tools did you have 
when you had trust wobbles, when you thought, oh, my God, he could take me for all of the money or he could not let me <laughs> see the children on a day that's important to me. Like maybe he's going to run off and abandon us. What? What? How did you console yourself? How did you bring yourself back to that place of trust when there might have been trust wobbles? I would always remind myself of what was good about our marriage. You marry someone because you love them and you see a lot of really good qualities in them. And so when I had those moments, and I'm sure he had them as well, of course, um, I would just remind myself that I knew this person. I married him for a reason. And I would remind myself of the things that I found so valuable in him in our relationship. And I would just kind of keep going back there. Uh, and that was very helpful, I think. And sometimes, it I mean, you know, we had a few moments in our divorce that were, were tougher than others. Sometimes just talking to him about it and kind of trying to talk through it was helpful. We're always on the same page, but at least we knew what each other's page looked like. And that was really helpful as well. And I think too, one of the reasons why all of this works is that even though we are neighbors, um, we don't socialize together a lot outside of our children. So we don't go to dinner, we don't go to the movies, but we 100% go to all the kids' events together, sit together, laugh. Obviously, we have a million memories together, have a good time. And that was really important for us as well. We did not want our children to bear the burden of our divorce. So we, the, if we do something social, it's because it's something with the kids, something for the kids that tends to be what we do. And holidays, which I host all the holidays, only because he doesn't really want to. Yeah, fair <laughs> which enough. Which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's... That's really interesting, the the idea that you have separate social lives. And, of course, that's that's really important. Is there anything that you learned about yourself as a single person that has surprised you? I mean, you know, I was married for most of my adult life. I was in a relationship all of my adult life until we separated and then divorced. And for me, it was so surprising, this step back from we to me Mm -hmm. and realizing that I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I knew myself as well as I wanted to. Um, I have had such a good time sort of rediscovering myself and, and my taste and the things that I like and kind of celebrating that. I actually really like being single. I am single now and I'm having a really good time with it. Um, it's fascinating to me it's I think about this all the time about how my life has been so entwined with other people's in all of the relationships I've ever had and now I only put my I only have to put my own needs I think they go first I figure out what I want what I need and I work for that and it's that's been a very interesting switch for me because in my marriage I put my marriage first I put my partner first a lot of the time And now I don't do that. And it's amazing. I can't believe how wonderful my life is. And it was good before, but now it's just, I just feel like anything is possible. Like anything. And and that is really, really empowering. And I never felt 
this empowered in my whole life. So I'm enjoying it. Kristen, that just fills me with joy. It really fills me with joy. I'm so happy for you. Not only have you had a beautiful, successful marriage with a good person, you've had a beautiful, successful divorce with a good person. You're raising three three children, wasn't it? Did you say three? Two children. Two children. Two. Um, yeah, you adopted and raised two children and you've gone on to build this beautiful life for yourself. And it sounds like you're happier than you've ever been. So I'm so delighted for you. Thank you very much. I, I wish this for everybody. And I, I always wish, I know there are moments of anger in the divorce process, but I just wish for everyone going through it to to see if there's a way they can step back from that anger a little bit, maybe nurture themselves a little bit, because that anger will go. And yeah. But you yeah. have to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you live in a place of anger and nothing good comes from that. Exactly, which is exactly why I do the work I do, because I want there to be more women in exactly the place you're in right now. I think it's amazing what you're doing. I wish I'd had your podcast when I was getting divorced. I think there are some moments that would have been a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. What I love about being able to share these stories is giving those examples that you didn't have you know, when you when you were seeing people around you splitting up and having these very angry, acrimonious divorces, they weren't models of what it can work out well. It is possible. So we're we're creating expanding opportunities for people to see it is possible and um, and giving them the tools to do so. So, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so grateful. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I The work you do is phenomenal. You are helping so many people. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.